0: Today, if you happen to go past a newsstand or uh, more likely scroll through a gender-specific media you'll find on every social media platform, you might notice a pattern. Uh, On cosmopolitan.com, a few days ago, in preparation for this talk, I I browsed, uh, and uh, this is a place where these type of stories tend to aggregate, the top three articles in the dating advice section were 25% of single people aren't interested in monogamy. A comprehensive list of sexualities to know, from homosexual to heteroflexible. And 110 naughty things to put on your sex bucket list right now. Uh, one of them being, uh, have sex in a graveyard, number three. Um, men's health, the men's section in dating advice isn't very different either, uh, with tips for managing your threesomes, which interestingly was seasoned with a picture of three naked male torsos. Um, and also the top 26 dating apps. So the titles are almost interchangeable, but there is an extra coat of uh, of zealous glee in the women's magazine section. Um, And of course, while this list of of uh, frivolous clickbait uh, clearly isn't the be-all, end-all of Western gender relation, this framing um, offers a few clues about what success might look like in this market. Who are the winners at the top of this worldview? What does the hierarchy look like? The men and women in this world have one overarching purpose, to develop and uncover their authentic selves. How do they achieve this? Through lifelong dance between production and consumption of goods and experiences. In this task, they are equal but unique. And every important difference between them is chosen. Every unchosen difference is either unimportant or no real difference at all. Identity, in this worldview is both all important and in constant flux because reality itself is at the mercy of the self, the choice machine. This is the main bargain that liberalism has at its heart. Choice is the sacred act that you must participate in. This is not a choice. The winners in this game are the people who can and do make all the choices. They maximize optionality, they check things off their bucket lists, they are the connoisseurs, they are worldly, and they have refined palates. The losers are those who have no choice, like the, uh, the uh, uh, ominous incel threat. The victims are those whose choices are constrained by society through lack of education, poverty, or currently stigma. And because women are more limited in their capacity to be good subjects of the liberal order by their closer ties to nature, we have to pretend. We have to pretend that they're just the same as men, better actually, were it not for the ever-present boot of the patriarch. Liberalism needs to treat women like children, their inadequacies papered over, their victories celebrated with cake and stories of badass dragon-slaying, not for women's sake, mind you, they are as miserable as ever, but for the sake of coherence and legitimacy of the liberal order. A realistic view of women's nature endangers the system because women represent nature itself. Women are miraculous, they are strong, they are otherworldly, but their real strengths arise from a twilight world of wordless pre-rational forces, a world that has strings attached, a world that is in one word, illiberal. Nature is an intruder in the liberal order. It is denied when uncomfortable and brought into line with the help of the supreme liberal legitimating instrument, science. An army of social scientists hammer away at the task of proving that men and women are equal, fit subjects of the consumption production game. And to nobody's surprise, the science has appeared to make the case with famous papers like uh, the stereotype threat uh, and thousands of other peer-reviewed pieces of the puzzle. Everything else is anecdote. The glaring differences between men and women are an artifact of your lying eyes. Women, like men, like anyone, need a sex bucket list and tips to manage their threesomes. They're interchangeable producer-consumer automatons first, and then they're also badass at it. So to make sure we keep up appearance, Keep up the appearance that society is composed of a cast of diverse but absolutely equal rational choice machines, every friction caused by the inescapability of nature must instead be caused by society. Every instance of entrenched inequality which a century's worth of exorbitant interventions hasn't made one dent in is more proof that the ills of society are ever more pernicious than we thought. Liberalism cannot stop this ratchet because it grows out of its founding myth. The one thing that the system cannot admit, the one straining card at the heart of this wobbling edifice, is that people are not equal in the dimensions that liberalism prizes. And they are not utility maximizing rational individuals shopping around freely for the best choice. They are not inherently liberal creatures. And that some are less liberal than others. The gay careerist, for example, is more fit to be a denizen of the liberal order than the mother of three. This is simply a fact. He is less constrained by unchosen bonds. he's more free to produce and consume and contribute to the ratchet towards a society with ever more choice. The trans women, a relatively new addition, is a supremely liberal specimen. What a shredder of unchosen bonds. Especially the newly minted ladies who disproportionately populate C-suite roles and the military, they are liberalism's avant-garde. Their most basic identity is affirmed through an act of consumption and smashing unchosen bonds with the added benefit of breaking open spaces which were formerly off limits to the rational chooser beneath the petticoat. For now, it doesn't get more liberal than that. The next frontier is very likely the liberation of the rational agent in children. The machine is already in motion for that there is no space for inequality under this regime, there is no space for complementarity. Liberal individuals do not need each other. We've conquered the harshness of nature so profoundly that life is now simply a playground for the homunculus driving its customizable meat suit, so the story goes. In an environment of algorithmic dating, pickup artistry, dating market strategy, optimizing for long-term optionality, the other becomes another thing to be consumed and discarded. The ultimate proof of our disconnection is that we are dying out. The stark reality, and strangely the, the glimmer of hope as well, is that this flavor of liberalism is a death cult. The rational individual loses because it cannot replicate itself, it is too busy finding itself. The perfect producer-consumer is barren because there is little immediate utility in commitment, there is little immediate utility in sacrifice, and there is little immediate utility in expensive, loud, little creatures called children. As long as we adopt the same metaphors, the same framing, we are under the same spell as the people who blindly led us here. We need to find our way back to each other. And without faith and commitment to the other, our future stops here. The challenge of our generation and those to come is immense. This framing of life as an existential buffet is the water we swim in. Nothing outside of active resistance and massive coordination will do to overcome it. You can't choose to go at this alone. We need each other. Women need men. Children need mothers and fathers. It is simple and eternal and needs to be remembered. And in closing, I want to echo a sentiment that's been for me, the the uniting theme of of other contributions to this this conference. We have faith, we have vitality, uh, and a glorious vision of the future, truly, on our side. Uh, It is time we live live these values confidently because they are very competitive in a world that is thirsting for meaning. Thank you very much.